Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day for Thursday, Thursday, August 13th. My name, of course, is Javier Reyes, your host of this Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined... Please hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. And yeah, just 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 follow that Twitter account. And today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com, guys. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's RockAuto.com. Go check it out. And this episode, we are talking about the kind of disappointing, disheartening, uh, back down to earth almost loss, I'd call it, for the Padres last night as they lose 6 to nothing to the Dodgers. Going to talk about that for a bit. Going to talk about each of the bigger things that kind of happened in the game. And then I want to talk a little bit more about Zach Davies and how I think he he deserves a lot more credit than he's gotten. Uh, even up until last night, I think he wasn't getting enough credit. Just kind of talking about that and then talking about tonight's game and what I'm expecting from Paddock. So let's get right into it, shall we? Yesterday I had a bunch of fun with the sound bites, and I promise you, there's gonna be a good one coming soon, guys. Uh, I just, I, I can't help it. I can't help with the sound bites for pop culture things that I love so much. So let's start off by saying this. First of all, one of the bigger differences just with the lineup and what the Padres looked last night, aside from obviously them not scoring any runs and no home runs, especially, Tommy Pham was back in left field. I guess they'd seen. Enough of Profar there, after I mentioned the error he made on Justin Turt's 1,000th career hit, which was just not good. It feels like any left fielder could have made that play. Give us Brett Gardner, even give us... No, not Hunter Pence. I don't know why I was thinking Hunter Pence. Or, yeah, give us Hunter Pence, why not? I know Hunter Pence has that memeable mess-up, but I feel like that guy makes that play. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, I guess they'd had enough of him, but then it's not like he was that great at second, and that showed last night as he made one of the more atrocious throwing errors you'll ever see. Honestly, like, what <laughs> What the hell was that? <laughs> it was, like, actually kind of comical and almost dangerous how much he pulled Cronenworth off of the bag there. I mean, he didn't have to rush. I know Mookie Betts is fast. He's, he's an awesome player, but I don't think that he needed to... I think he could have taken his time a little bit more. Like, the guy wasn't, you know, running, like, D. Gordon speed, necessarily, or Billy Hamilton. Like, he wasn't running that fast uh, to the point where he couldn't have made the play. So, that was really concerning. And yet again, shows Jerickson Profar, oh, dear God. Yeah, I mean, Jason Burke of Lockdown Athletics was telling me, you know, welcome to the Profar experience. Yeah, he's not wrong. I think we're starting to see exactly why the A's uh, traded him away to us. Uh, luckily, though, right after that, complete bust and clearly already peaked Cody Bellinger managed to ground into another double play. Like I said, I was having fun on the Padres account last night. Dodgers fans are hilarious with how much they're, not all of them, by the way. I assume just the silly ones that are complaining about Cody Bellinger right now. Yeah, he hasn't been great, but it, I mean, and he's been really not great for them. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with the guy. And he doesn't ground in double plays all the time. He's a fast dude. I mean, he's, I mean, just on a kind of more superficial level, he stole like 15 bases last year for a first baseman. That's a lot. So it's very odd to see him grounding into this many double plays and just not getting the ball hit all that well. But of course, even still tonight, despite that Bellinger double play, that was really only not great Dodgers offensive moment for them tonight. Uh, it seems like the offense finally came alive. And it of course started off with exactly the player everybody would expect. 
Chris Taylor! Good God, I keep saying that this guy is absolutely killing us this season. It was ridiculous. It actually starts off, you know, Davies is doing pretty good through the inning, and then it starts off with an A.J. Pollock walk, and then Chris Taylor lays down this, like, perfect bunt, which basically starts off the rally inning where the Dodgers finally are managed to do something off of Davies. And then Edwin Rios, he hits a kind of line drive that bounces off of Davies's glove and Will Smith uh, brings in another run right after that with the squeeze bunt. And look, one thing, a little, maybe a little bit unlucky with the deflection off of Davies's glove. Maybe he doesn't reach for that. Maybe they end up, you know, turning that into an out and at least not getting another hit off of that. So that was unfortunate. But just saying, a little bit lucky there, a little unlucky on our part. But still, uh, Davies, you know, he did have that annoying little inning, but it was like a weird, unconventional small ball way that they were able to hit Davies. They weren't able to actually hit the guy. I mean, he was pretty good last night, and we'll get more into him later, but his final line looked like seven innings, four hits, two runs, two walks, five Ks with 87 pitches. Uh, still pretty good. The thing that wasn't good, of course, the biggest other thing to talk about the game is the Padres' offense. I mean, this man, Gonsolin. I had never, I hope that's how you even say the dude's name. I mean, I had never even heard of him, really, before, honestly, just looking at the Dodgers' opening rotation heading into the season. Uh, Tony Goslin absolutely killed us yesterday. He was vicious. The movement at the end of his pitches, I think, was key. It was killer. It made the Padres look like, it made them look like the 2019 Padres with how much they struck out last night. Final line for Goslin was 4.2 innings, so not a lot for sure, but he only gave up three hits, no runs, one walk, and eight strikeouts. At one point, I believe he retired around 11 guys in a row. Not great for the Padres. The hitters struck out a total of 12 times last night, including three from Fam the Warlock. For now, I must temporarily suspend calling Tommy Pham the Warlock. He has not been great lately. He's not quite in the Warlock mode. I'm not panicking, though. He's still managing to kind of walk at a decent rate. And I still think he's kind of at least making contact with the ball. So I, I feel like they're showing he's showing signs of eventually coming through. But still, he's not looking like actual Tommy Pham out there. So not great. There was also this terrible strikeout from Manny from this slider that looked like it was going to go into the Bay Area Ocean before it actually landed on the plate. So a really awful uh, chase by Machado there. Um, I didn't even think it was that particularly good of a pitch, but still, you know, and not just uh, moving on from Machado. I mean, the other thing is, of course, Tatis with his most human game of the season by far. He actually had a rare strikeout with an RBI opportunity in the top of the fifth when both Profar and Will Myers were on base. It was really unfortunate they brought Blake Trinan in to get him. It stinks. I mean, I know Blake Trinan was absolutely disgusting like two years ago. I think it was his 2017 season when his ERA was under one. He certainly wasn't that anymore. Maybe he's back to that but a rare a rare strikeout from not not a rare strikeout a rare time when you feel like Tatis is going to come through every single time he also granted into his first double play uh and it was the first game this season he hadn't got on base so it ends that he also had like an eight game hitting streak going I believe so again just a mortal a, a rare mortal look at Fernando Tatis and you, you literally can't get mad at the guy anybody who's mad at the guy just stop you know what I mean? You just can't. The guy has been basically the MVP this year in the National League, as far as I'm concerned, maybe with the exception of guys like Bryce Harper, right? And the Padres' offense couldn't even get a run in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded after they brought in Kenley Jansen. It wasn't a great look for the end of the game for them. Um, 
Uh, Oliveris struck out after being uh, brought into pinch hit. And then Austin Hedges, shocker, he ended up striking out. And then Jerickson and Profar grounded out because, God forbid, Profar ever gets a hit. Even Austin Hedges has had bigger clutch hits for us than, than Jerickson and Profar. He's been bad. And basically, all this, to sum it all up, all this leads to the first zero-run performance by the Padres this season. We dropped the damn donut. Donut hole in a donut's hole. And the Dodgers obviously had no such donut. Uh, Craig Stammen was once again not great. Uh, He only went one inning. He gave up four hits and four runs. His ERA on the season is 7.88. He hasn't been good. Everyone's hating on him, and deservedly so, although I don't like it when people are super mean to people. But still, he has been quite bad. Um, And, you know, here's the thing with Justin Turner. His home run, it just... It's disappointing to see, mad at Stammen, but here's the bottom line is I really feel like the offense was due. After ranking fourth in OPS and second in on-base percentage from 2014 to 2019, the Dodgers were actually uh, heading into Wednesday's game before those events transpired. They were 15th in OPS and 18th in on-base percentage. So honestly, I think they were kind of due. I feel like it's safe to say some star good player on the, the Dodgers was due to finally do something against us, and it finally happened with Justin Turner. Great player, like I said, an often underrated Justin Turner. And yeah, that's just what happens there. That's kind of the whole thing of that. what happened last night. There's not much to be happy about. There really isn't. There really isn't at all. But you know what there is to be happy about, my friends? Vroom! That's right, rockauto.com. Again, third day with the cool transition. You know, I've mentioned it before. I love Dominic Toretto, and he loves family. And you know what? He would really look, ro- love not like, love rockauto.com because first and foremost, they are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Very good uh, to hear, especially considering the times we're in. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Yeah, you didn't know that they were different prices sometimes? Yeah, crazy, right? Why would you pay for up to like twice as much for the same parts? Does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't at all. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Make sure to do that. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And just another note, going to talk to you guys really quickly about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're Fernando Tatis. I mean, we saw yesterday, even every now and then, he doesn't have a good day. He needs help making it through his day. Maybe you're Tony Gonson who looks awesome. Bottom line is this, you need help to make it through the day. And luckily, CBDMD has just the type of tools and topicals that you need to get through the day. CBD Freeze with menthol, which is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and very, very easy to use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And they also have CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make things even easier, I don't know how many times I have to say it, guys. 
these things literally make your life easier and CBDMD is making it easier to get these things that make your life easier. They're offering our listeners up to 25% off their next order when they use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. So once again, that is CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchases of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Check that out, folks. And now moving on, guys, talked about the game. It was just, it wasn't great. It was the first kind of, it was the first game, I'd argue, of the entire season where you really, really felt like this is classic Padres, like them just not being able to compete at all and that the rivalry doesn't exist between them and the Dodgers, right? It wasn't great. But I do want to talk about the main silver lining, which was Zach Davies. Look, his sinker and changeup are, are well documented, right? And it's also well documented that the guy just doesn't throw very fast. I mean, between those two pitches, the latter is especially kind of underrated, actually. And while it's not, you know, the Chris Paddock level of changeup, which is, you know, among the best in the game next to guys like, you know, like like Steven Strasburg and Kyle Hendricks, it just works. I mean, the guy throws like high 80s, even mid 80s sometimes. His fastball is he's not throwing 93 even. You know what I mean? And we've seen guys like, you know, people freak out sometimes because you see the velocity dips and you see when guys don't throw fast, right? Like Madison Bumgarner, you know, he's throwing 77 mile an hour curveballs that completely hang the entire way and you get scared by stuff like that. Well, bottom line is for some reason, this just seems to be working. You know what I mean? And it also probably helped that last night the umpire clearly... I don't know if it's just me. It probably isn't just me considering uh, one of the calls that happened that everyone was freaking out on Twitter that the umpire clearly had a rather liberal view, especially at the bottom half of the uh, strike zone last night. There was actually this hilariously, hilariously bad call on Will Smith in the bottom of the seventh uh, that you have to see. Like, it got to the point where you heard the Dodgers dugout go, whoa! Like, you heard them all freak out, you know what I mean? They didn't do it in that voice, obviously. I'm actually going to link it in the podcast description below. You guys have to see this if you didn't. It was just, you know, it was like a first strike pitch, but still, like, it's, you know, it's deserved to be seen. And look, I've said it before. I don't like being Mr. Bring in Robot Umps. Just just a little bit of a tangent for a second. I get the concern about it. I get why people say that. Every now and then I'm like, it's a little mean to be saying that you don't think that a whole section of people should have jobs anymore. I don't know. It's just, it's just a little mean to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned. And don't get me wrong. I get it. They aren't helping themselves. And there's literally entire Twitter accounts dedicated to pointing out when umpires make atrocious calls. But... I don't know. I, I, I'm just I'm not going to be one of those people who starts saying that a whole section of people don't deserve a job anymore because of technology, especially considering that globalization and everything that's going on in the world with the increase of technology has made a lot of people lose jobs. So I don't want to go down that route totally. But I understand when people get mad at umpires. And look back to Davey. Sorry for that tangent. He's certainly not that exciting of a pitcher. Yet he's actually after last night, he's actually the first Padres pitcher to go seven innings this season. And look, I know Lament and Paddock are the stars. They are. I have no doubt that, you know, they're going to get back to it. They're going to be the true aces. Lament nearly threw a no-hitter the other day. And Paddock, you know, we'll get to him in a second. You know, he's going to be Chris Paddock. He's going to be the sheriff. I know that those guys are the stars. But I really think that uh, Preller deserves a lot of credit 
for kind of the small moves that he's made, just as much as he deserves criticism, of course, for some of the big moves. Some of the big moves being, you know, Hosmer's big contract, which hasn't played out. He's like one of the worst first basemen in the league. He makes more errors than most first basemen in the league. He somehow has like four golden gloves on his resume, but still, he's just not very good when you look at all of his numbers, just hitting everything on the ball. Like, even when you watch him bat, and I have no hate for the guy, by the way. I literally had the podcast that was titled The Roast of Eric Cosmer, and we made fun of him for basically two episodes. But I gen- he's a good guy. Like, he seems like a good guy. I like all the comments that he said about Tatis. Really just, he's very um, clearly embracing of the culture. And it's definitely a good, I feel like a good teammate. So I definitely like him on that perspective. And obviously, it's not that he's not trying. It's just when you look at his numbers, doesn't hit a lot of fly balls, and he hits everything on the ground. You know, the launch angle isn't good for him. So... He hasn't been great, but he does deserve a lot of credit for kind of the smaller moves. You know, Drew Pomeranz, which was a contract of four years, $45 million, he's been the ace of the bullpen staff this season, and a lot of people looked at that contract, at least a decent amount of people, I don't want to assume everybody, they looked at that contract as kind of being like this really, like, a big overpay, a tremendous overpay for the guy. And guess what? He hasn't even given run, given up a run. You know what I mean? Where Kirby Yates has come in, and he's 36, so maybe some people are starting to wonder, was last year his peak? Who knows? And they have Pomeranz, and he's been the ace of the staff. So it's it's stuff like that. It's stuff like the, the signing of Richards, who is this guy who's always injured. He takes a chance on him to be the third starter in the rotation. He's been pretty, pretty dang good. Not lights out, but still pretty dang good, honestly. I mean, hey, he's gotten us, got us that win on Tuesday. Come on, you got to give him some type of credit, right? And, of course, the much-talked-about, you know, Emilio Pagan trade, which, you know, still looking for. I still think it was a solid move. Still waiting on that. But the better move of outfielders was, of course, the Tommy Pham trade, which ended up getting us Jake Cronenworth, who's looked awesome. And look at Hunter Renfro right now. He's currently sitting at uh, his slash line's 163, 281, 347, with a minus 0.2 war right now. He's basically only had one good game this year year when he hit two homers in the same game I wouldn't even know that he hit two homers in the same game if I didn't happen to have been starting him on my fantasy team but here's what I basically to to load it all up you know with Grisham and all these guys Preller deserves credit for the small moves Zach Davies in my opinion even before last night has been the most underrated player on the Padres this season he's just he's been he's been an overqualified fifth starter I think, by basically every metric, right? This isn't a guy who's had tremendous stats necessarily throughout his career. You know, last year, he has the ERA that's 3.55, right? And then the year before, the 4.7 when he basically got hurt. But then 3.9, 3.97, 3.71, you know, trailing all the way back to uh, 2015. It's not totally inconceivable that he kind of stays along this track. He's not going to be the strikeout ace of the team. I still wager that's going to be between Paddock and Lament. But he deserves credit. And who knows? Maybe he could kind of stay on this place. I'm not going to immediately assume that Zach Davies is just going to get lit up soon and that his stats are going to go back to, you know, come back down to earth for what he's used to delivering, right? Bottom line, overqualified fifth starter. He deserves a lot of credit for where he's kept the team. I know he doesn't get the W last night, but still deserves a lot of credit. Zach Davies, we love you. And, you know, that's really it for my kind of thoughts on last night's game. And also, you know, coming up for this game, we've got Paddock. Hopefully we can win the series. I mean, I was heading into the series against the Dodgers, four-game set, thinking hopefully we split it. I mean, I would like to win it now. We win the first two, and we just have kind of a clunker from last night. Everyone on the offense just looks terrible. Hopefully we can bounce back tonight. We've got the Sheriff coming back to town. Hopefully he can look like the Sheriff that we 
I don't know, the sheriff that we need, the sheriff that we deserve, my Friar Faithful homies. Julio Urias is the one going up for the Dodgers on the other side of the pen. I think he's pretty decent. We'll see. Hopefully we can hit him. He hasn't been like uber uber elite this year but still he's got a 2.4 era um hasn't been you know he's been he's been fine bottom line he's not giving up too many runs so hopefully we can hit off this guy i mean it, it worries me though because if we couldn't hit off off gonsolin then who knows if we could hit off of your eyes but still looking forward to that and bottom line is this paddock I'm really hoping to get that dominant start from him tonight. I know that's a big ask given that this is the Dodgers. Even if they have been struggling, they still have, uh, you know, all those guys on that team that are, are so amazing for them, right? But, you know, he hasn't really had it all season, right? He's, you know, I saw a spray chart courtesy of uh, MLB.com that Paddock has been failing to kind of locate his fastball in certain aspects of the plate. You know, down and inside and down and away, he has not been able to kind of scatter his fastball all over the plate, which I think has contributed uh, his lack of just strikeouts, I think. We're usually used to seeing him get a little bit more than he has. So, you know, I hope that we can kind of improve in that respect. And hey, another silver lining from last night. Hopefully, you know, this is kind of a stretch. Uh, We at least had to make Kedley Jansen work. Uh, that's not even that's too much of a stretch even for me I can't even say that last night was a bust hoping for Paddock to kind of bounce back for us and be great locate that fastball better and just deliver that changeup that we all know and love so much and maybe even throw in that curveball that the Dodgers probably aren't used to seeing all that much I mean because nobody is he doesn't throw it all that much you know around 10% of the time he throws that curveball so hopefully Paddock can come in tonight defeat Julio Urias and get us this huge clutch series win before we take on Arizona Looking forward to the game for sure. The Sheriff is back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see if he can deliver. And that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And you can go send some lovely, nice reviews if you wouldn't mind on iTunes, the iTunes podcast app. You know, shout out all the other Locked On homies. Go check out uh, Locked On MLB Prospects with Aram Layton. He has uh, one of the prospects of the the Pittsburgh Pirates. He actually did an interview with him. It's great. Go listen to that. And until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care.